0: Hello friends and colleagues, it's Nikki from Full Voice Music and on today's podcast, episode 122, my special guest is Liz Jackson-Hearns. Liz is a voice instructor specializing in transgender voice. She is the owner of Voice Lab in Chicago. Today, our topic is voice care for transgender folks. Now, before I welcome Liz onto the podcast, I want to remind everybody that the virtual convention for the National Association of Teachers of Singing registration is now open. Over 150 presentations, all focusing on the voice, what an amazing opportunity. Please check out the link in the show notes. You can register for one very low fee and have six months access to all of the wonderful presentations. Liz is going to be one of those presenters. She will be talking about feminization and masculinization of the singing voice, practical tools to shift gender perception. I'm so excited. I hope to see you, there's air quotes there, at the online convention. And now, on to our podcast. Welcome to the podcast Liz Jackson Hearns. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm great.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm very excited.
0: Well, and I also want to let our, our listeners know <laughs> because they can't see. But we also have a special guest. We have Robin who is and, and Liz is 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 holding Robin trying to get him to fall asleep as she talks to me. So welcome to the podcast Robin. <laughs> says thank you. (laughs) Uh, So today we have a very important um, topic. We are talking about voice care for our transgender and gender non-conforming students. And Liz, you are one of our industry's experts on this. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Before we dive into this topic would you be so kind to give everybody a background your background how you got started in voice and then how you found yourself working with the transgender community sure um
1: so I'm hmm, how did I get started in voice I started teaching voice in college uh during undergrad voice work and um Kept teaching through graduate school. I have always been kind of a science-minded person. When I was an undergrad, my intention was actually to go into genetics instead of music. Oh, wow. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so I'm super uh, passionate about blending science and art. My uh, senior thesis in college was on synesthesia, which is a very, very cool thing. Um, a phenomenon and then um through graduate school the grad school that i picked actually um, i picked because it had one of the stronger pedagogy programs in chicago and was able to combine my love of um anatomy and physiology and biomechanics and psychology and blah 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 blah, blah wow, yeah. uh with with voice stuff there um which uh bridged into my work uh with gender and voice um At the time that I uh, met my first uh, out trans student, I was teaching at like a mom and pop shop in one of the neighborhoods in Chicago. And there was uh, a student there who had been taking violin lessons for a while. And once he started on testosterone, his joints got kind of swollen and sore. um, So he couldn't play very well, but wanted to continue his music study. And the person at the counter, who I happen to now be married to... uh, (laughs) suggested uh, that he try a voice lesson with me. Um, Knowing that I uh, am, you know, uh, super interested in exploring different ways of using the voice and very passionate about promoting good voice health. So um, Das, who wrote the foreword to the singing teacher's guide to transgender voices was my first trans out to trans student, And he was very generous with me and we spent many, many hours at Starbucks talking about gender he's also a philosophy professor and an author about gender himself um and he was very generous with his knowledge and wisdom and asked me a lot of really hard questions and it was very um productive (laughs) Uh, and challenging because I think um you know until we are faced with big issues like gender we kind of take it for granted um after uh Having worked with DOS for a few months, I had a referral from a speech pathology friend for a uh, death metal singer who had some muscle tension issues and um, started with me presenting as male and came out to me over a very long text a few months later. Um, And so we shifted our work and she now actually is one of the other, um, uh, what do I want to say, pioneers of trans voice speech work by trans people. Wow. Um, she's doing very, very cool work now. Um, so that's kind of how I got started. I think, it, you know, at that point it became very clear that it was an underprovided, misguided, sometimes kind of service, but that the stakes are so high um, and that it could be a huge benefit and a, and a way to serve a community to bring the knowledge that I had to this group of people who who really needed some expert and loving guidance, I
0: that I think that's just so fantastic. Now, uh, tell us about the Voice Lab, your your <laughs> big smile, your teaching studio. Now specializes in serving this community. So tell us a little bit about the Voice Lab.
1: Yeah, the Voice Lab is my first baby, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> We, uh, so Voice Up was founded in 2014. We started by renting a, a, a basement church space. Um, when, uh, when the Voice Up was founded, our intention was to serve avocational adults, like beginning adults. And at the same time, the word started getting around that, uh, I was doing trans voice work. And so folks kept, coming to us and we decided to kind of lean into it and we started more actively advertising that this was a service that we were providing um my co-founder Alexandra and I um Alexandra Plattis Sulak whose name I will send you if you need it okay. um uh rebranded <laughs> um and created our whole new website and a whole new like mission and philosophy around um um providing voice services for for everyone I guess um, to affirm your voice, to love your voice, no matter what it is. Um, what (sighs) else? Oh, so now we have, um, we're about to have, oh gosh, 19 team members. Wow. Uh, 16 teachers. Yes. Yes. Including me. Uh, and, uh, two of those are instrumental teachers. Um, but, uh, part of the onboarding process now, if you work at the voice lab is to um, engage in training for transgender boys. So we use one weird trick. Um, my second first book, one of the two books that were published around the same time, uh, as kind of a method book for uh, working
0: with our trans speech clients. Oh, that is that's a huge team. I know
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not overwhelming at all. It's totally fine. I have a great management team though to help to to we all work together, and it's really great.
0: Oh, I love hearing that. I love hearing that story. Um, For those of us who are still navigating this as new territory, and I'm raising my hand as one of those people, can we just talk a little bit about some of the definitions so that we can use them correctly? So my first question, and this is for me, what is the difference between uh, transgender and gender non-conforming? They are not the same thing.
1: So transgender uh, transgender and gender non-conforming are both umbrella terms. Okay. Um, one kind of falls under the other, sort of. So transgender is an umbrella term. It's an adjective to describe a person whose experienced gender is not the same as the sex or gender they were assigned at birth. Not necessarily opposite, but not the same. So okay. someone who was uh, assigned female at birth Uh, does not experience themselves to be a female person or an exclusively female person. Mm -hmm. Um, Cisgender, on the other hand, uh, describes a person whose experienced gender does align with the sex they were assigned at birth. So Uh. someone who's assigned female at birth who experiences themselves as an exclusively female person is a cisgender person. Okay. Does that make sense? That does make sense. I want to offer... a reminder of the use of those words that they're both adjectives uh and sometimes i hear like transgendered with an ed on the end or cisgendered with an ed on the end um and i always say if you're not sure how to use the word replace it with the word squishy um so you wouldn't say like a squishied person you'd say a squishy (gasps) person Um, that's a good one okay um so so that's those two so gender nonconforming. um I would, uh, I would actually say like non-binary is probably the, the bigger umbrella term. Okay. Uh, non-binary describes a person who is experienced and or expressed gender is not exclusively male or exclusively female. Mm. So it could be both. It could be neither. It could be fluid, um, gender non-conforming, um, Let's see. A caveat also is sometimes different parts and cultures within queer culture use these words differently. Mm-hmm. Um, where I am and in the communities that I move through, gender non-conforming describes more of an expression than an identity. Um, ah, okay. so a gender non-conforming person might be like someone who's assigned female but has really short hair and doesn't wear makeup um, and um, wears you know air quotes men's clothes. Um, that person uh, we would probably at least in the circles that I move in call uh, gender non-conforming or would ask them if they call themselves gender non-conforming
0: is that a does that make sense yeah that does make sense and is that probably the best strategy is just ask what how they prefer and I mean that's what where we get into pronouns and which pronouns they prefer but do do you just ask them uh, how do you what would the what would the language be there
1: yeah, that's a great question. And yes, always just ask. Um, much better to ask uh, and learn than assume and be wrong. Um, right. So, conversationally, the all the language you need is what are your pronouns. Um, and if the person you're talking with decides to disclose more about their experience or the way they express themselves, then that's, you know, their choice to do so. and um, But their story is not it doesn't belong to anyone except them and we don't you know nobody is owed anyone's story um
0: that's a very good reminder yes thank you for that (laughs) very good reminder to, to
1: everyone right yeah um so if i would recommend uh making a practice of asking for pronouns with everyone um, if you don't have your pronouns in your email signature, as an example, I would absolutely encourage you to put that in your email signature. Oh, that's so a great idea. So you would idea. say, um, like Nikki Loney, and then underneath you'd write like pronouns. Um,
0: what are your pronouns, Nikki? I would use uh, she and her and uh, they and them. Perfect. Great. Yeah. So, um,
1: so my email signature, for example, um, has uh, she, her, or they, them. Oh, so okay. So you can that's put both. A great All right. Way. Oh, good. OK. Whew. Yeah. Whew. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that means different things to different people. Um, uh, whatever, you know, whatever feels right to put in your in your email signature, whatever, yeah. just as a way to kind of show like, hey, I'm, you know, aware that I don't always know what someone's experience is. And so I'm putting mine out there as an invitation for you to share yours if you want to. Um, and it's definitely OK, especially like in a first lesson, um, oh, like, absolutely. hey, I'm making you my pronouns are she, her, they, them. Um, what are your pronouns or even to put that in your intake form. We have that. That's part of our intake um, at the voice lab, of course.
0: That's a very interesting and a great teacher takeaway right there with the intake forms and on our website forms, that would be a great uh, line to include. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. redo some stuff when I, when I finish talking to you. Um oh. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and, and I know you've mentioned a little bit, is when we're working with uh, um, transgender communities, it's not just the singing voice. You're actually helping them with speech. And is it primarily speech and then singing or mostly speech? How how are, how are do you work with, with people? It
1: really depends on the person. Um, so at the voice lab, we have, I think, probably about, a third of our overall clientele uh, would identify as uh, trans or gender diverse in some way. Um, and from there, maybe like 50-50 speech and singing.
0: Okay.
1: Um, what is the most beautiful thing is when someone starts their journey as a speech client and then decides to sing mm. um, and then decides to like sign up for band camp or music theater <laughs> camp uh, and then we've got them in the fold and they'll never escape. <laughs> I love it. inviting people into our communities is is such a special, special thing. So um, but I think uh, a lot of the skills that we use as singing teachers cross over easily into speech work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think singing teachers are really, really good at speech work because Mm -hmm. of the way we hear and experience other people's voices um, and can elicit uh, specific responses sometimes or or help someone kind of relax into uh, a, a different way of making sound.
0: One of the things that you mentioned in the pre-interview information is how how important our voice is to our identity, and when you're when you're helping, how do you okay? How do you help your clients navigate, especially if they're if they're transitioning or if they're struggling with their voice? how How do you how do you create a safe space for them? That's
1: a great question. Um, uh, let me offer you some language to describe what you're talking about. Okay. Um, so it sounds like what you're talking about is gender dysphoria. Yes. Um, gender dysphoria is a feeling of, um, discomfort, uh, or anxiety about, um, some point along the continuum of gender identity, expression, or perception. So the way I feel about my gender, the way I show it on the outside, and or the way people perceive it and interact with it. Um, so gender dysphoria about voice is usually why someone comes to uh, to seek voice care. Um, they're feeling uh, some sense of discomfort or um, incongruency or anxiety about the way their voice either feels to inhabit themselves, or, um, or how they're being perceived by the people around them. So the way we help uh, someone maneuver through that gender dysphoria and create a safe space is uh, many, many fold. (laughs) Um, I think the first thing that we do um, is, uh, you know, right from the first interaction that someone has with the voice lab, we want them to feel seen and acknowledged. And so all of our teacher bio pages have their pronouns. Um, We you know like I said we ask for pronouns in the intake forms all of our teachers and administrative staff have email or have pronouns in their email address. Um, And so that's the first step is that very first interaction like this is a space where your gender will be respected and affirmed from the first moment. Another way that we create a safe space is in the physical space itself. So we have only gender neutral bathrooms Mm. um, and they're labeled specifically as such, Um, or they just say restroom on the door rather than having genders. Um, And, you know, the conversations that we facilitate in the waiting room at the voice lab are are super, super open. Um, And, Um, All of our you know staff and teachers are trained in cultural responsiveness in maneuvering different kinds of um, gender related conversations uh, especially when you're in the room with maybe a closeted trans person and a cis person and we don't want to out that closeted trans person to the other student who's sitting in the room. Um, So we learn about how to do that. Um, We try to use people's names um, you know, in loving ways. If someone is uh, in the middle of transition and they decide they want to try out a different name in voice lessons, like, great, okay, we'll update your profile real quick. Done, done, and done. Um, Beautiful. And, um, <clears throat> and I think it's a practice, right? So um, what I think is really impressive about all the teachers at the voice lab is that when that happens, the switch is immediate. Um, and I've, I've never heard a voice teacher at the voice lab stumble over someone's name. Mm. Um, so that's very... Special. <laughs> um, and uh, part of that training too for the voice teachers is understanding how to talk about gender uh from a place of cis privilege um and recognize that the level of empathy that we have um across people is a different kind of empathy then we might have from assist singer to assist singer, if that makes sense, or assist teacher to assist singer. Absolutely. Um, and so we talk a lot about boundaries. We talk a lot about how to um, relate with students without uh, taking on their emotions or appropriating their emotions or their experience, um, which is a real challenge. That's a, that's a skill that takes a lot of practice and, um, So to answer your question, in very long form, uh, uh,
0: lots and lots of things that we do are constantly in pursuit of creating a safer and safer space. I just think that's so inspiring. And and thank you for that clarification, too. Now, I wanted to... um... I wanted you have quite a few wonderful offerings for teachers, uh, professionals that are interested in in furthering their knowledge. First of all, um, can you give us a little overview? I love the title of this book, "One Weird Trick." Can you just can you give a little overview of that? That was one of your first books that you released on this topic.
1: Yes, um, so the full title is "One Weird Trick: A User's Guide to Transgender Voice." Um the title of the book, um, well, the whole impetus for writing the book actually came from uh, spending a lot of time on um, Reddit, uh, where there is a very strong DIY community for um, trans feminine speech specifically. And one of the uh, pervasive notions on these forums is like, just do this one thing and you'll have a female voice, air quotes. Um, and so one word trick is intentionally uh, a clickbaity to, (laughs) um, to remind the readers that there really is no such thing as one word trick, um, Ah. that there are several weird tricks and the structure of the book is kind of, um, based around this idea that there are lots and lots of weird tricks and lots of cool things that you can try and play with, um, with your voice to unlock, um, new ways of, of using it. So, um, um, so the structure of One Word Trick uh, is um, sort of concept and then practical application in each chapter. And then Brilliant. the back of the book has um, musically notated exercises. It has practice regimens, um, practice sentences and paragraphs and reading passages, um, all uh, hopefully as sort of a, a self-guided way to maneuver gendered voice um and like I said the voice lab we use it as kind of a method book um and I am right now actually in the process of recording all of the exercises so hopefully we'll have that wonderful available yes um
0: now I wanted to just mention you are also presenting at the knoxville 2020 can you give everyone an overview of your presentation uh and you're you're presenting with your partner yes Mm -hmm. okay so Um, give us an overview yes so
1: the other book that is out there is called the singing teacher's guide to transgender voices uh which is co-authored with me and brian kremer um Brian Kremer is a wonderful, wonderful human. Um, And Brian and I are presenting on uh, masculinization and feminization of the singing voice. So we'll talk about um, specific adjustments within um, things like articulation, resonance, onsets. um, Oh, wow. And, you know, creating different kinds of tone color to influence how the voice is perceived on a gender level. Um, It's interactive. We usually have a volunteer to try out some of the uh, weird tricks as it were. And um, we talk a lot about how we perceive gender. And I think singing teachers are are so cool and unique in the way they perceive gender. We did this um, similar workshop at Voice Foundation last year and it was so cool to see different interpretations of voices, uh, from different kinds of voice professionals, if that makes wow. sense.
0: Yeah. And that was
1: very, very cool. So we're really looking forward to being able to interact with, um,
0: the Nats community in this way. Uh, what, uh, what is the date for your presentation at, uh, at Knoxville? It's on Monday, Okay, the 29th at 4 PM. Beautiful. Um, you
1: don't know what room it's in, Oh, it'll cool.
0: be a blast. It, I'm so excited! I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you. I, we met briefly in uh, in Vegas. We were actually here, there, and well, we were in the same booth. we with the Seiko people.
1: Yes, that was Chicago, though, right?
0: No, I or was, was Vegas. Vegas. I never in made Vegas. it to Chicago.
1: I think Chicago is where I first met Michelle. That's why. Ah, okay. Anyway, yes, <laughs> Vegas with our
0: seco booth, which was uh, also a super fun time. That was. Um, I, I want to thank you so much for your time today, this wonderful and important information. Uh, I'm going to put links to all of your books, all of your... Now, I'm uh, your books are available online, uh, Amazon and all of that.
1: Mm-hmm. they're both available on amazon uh the singing teachers guide is also available on the publisher's website plural publishing um i'm not sure what the price difference is but i think there is one
0: all right right, we'll, we'll uh we'll put those links in the show notes um, mm-hmm. I-, <laughs> <laughs> Look not at you. I love this little monkey he's like Mom, i've funny. had enough of you talking to somebody <laughs> else
1: Pay attention
0: to me. <laughs> right? I have that upstairs. <laughs> just so you know, it doesn't really change. They just get further away from you and then bellow <laughs> for you. Awesome. But get here's my tip get your kisses and snuggles in now because when they get older, the, you become gross and they don't want to have anything to do with you that way. <laughs> Well, Liz, I cannot thank you enough for being on our uh, a wonderful guest and sharing this such important information to our singing teacher community. I am looking forward to seeing you in Knoxville. I and Robin, you are welcome back any time. And uh, again, thank you for this wonderful interview. Thanks for having me, Nikki. A very special thank you to Liz for that wonderful conversation. And I just wanted to mention that Liz and I had that uh, had that conversation the end of February, just before everything started to shut down for our COVID crisis. And um, uh, at the time, Liz had a workshop that she was offering. And Liz tells me that she will be offering a new online course for teachers looking to learn more about working with transgender voice in the fall. So make sure that you connect with Liz, check out her presentation at the 2020 virtual conference and if you'd like more information please reach out because her course is going to be starting in the fall as always if you are looking for fun and exciting resources for your teaching studio including the new vocal studies for kids check out our website thefullvoice.com lots of free samples that you can try with your students Today, and we always guarantee happy singing. As always, I'm wishing you inspired teaching. Happy singing. May my canoe music. Canoe music.ca